welcome to the seventh episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Ah, fuck this banjo. Oh, you swearing first <laughs> off the top. Can we, can, we, can we edit that out, uh, producer, at all? Is that possible, or just, just let it roll? No, let it roll. You want to talk about Game of Thrones uh, instead, because I'm happy to just change Yeah, the Plebs on Thrones. We've been yeah. talking about this for years. Please. Yeah, well, no, I don't do that. Uh, I mean, it was good, but... Yeah, no, I, don't really, I don't have any thoughts. I, I had sex and it was weird. and it was I just weird. found it very disconcerting. Didn't like it at all. Um, life sucks. I'm done now. I mean, have you seen the piece of crap selection we just pulled? I, I, I am no. absolutely... We're recording this on a Tuesday night and uh, you've got a really strong lineup out there. I'm you? actually furious. Like, we were so clearly undermanned in the back line. They're pretty innovative to... Go with one Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> we lose Jetta. We drop another one, being Josh Wagner, and we bring in no replacement defenders. Oh, you brought in Lockhart. He's been playing forward. Has I mean, he? there's a chance. Yes, he's been playing as a small. <laughs> I was going on his face. There's a chance. I had watched him play it. No, there's a chance they'll put him back. In fact, I suspect that they will. But they're not going to put Tom McDonald back. They, Why not? Because Goody's press conference was just like, nah, we want him as a forward. He's 100% going to be a forward. And also, we got Proust out, so we're not going to have a forward line of just Wiedemann. I mean, that's better than having a back line of just Frost. But, oh, yeah. why isn't Oscar McDonald in the team? Oh, he's pretty bad. No, he's perfectly adequate. He's no, far he's better. Bad. Mate, we are asking the dumbest footballer in the competition to hold down our entire back line. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, if it's just him as the back line, his dumb decisions don't affect anyone. Like, if you've got nobody there anyway, what does it matter every week? I mean... Have you lost your marbles as much as Goody has? <laughs> you must be just Melbourne. jumping into his head. Oh, I watch Melbourne play and I don't even recognise him. Mate, I'm done. I'm done. I give up. Why are we here? I, I hate football. I hate life. It sucks. This oh, sucks. It's really nice. So Melbourne played after North for the first time nice. this year. And I don't know how, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happier about it when the opposite happens. North still performed terribly. I still, Melbourne performed terribly. Nothing really changed with the order. But my mood is heaps better it, just because your misery came second. Yeah, it, like, it does make a difference. You get so depressed. And then you're like, oh, at least I have that to cheer me up. And you end up being a little bit of an upward swing as you hit yeah. the week rather than where I am, which is completely miserable and then even more miserable after the piece of crap selection we just pulled. But anyway, can we get on to that crap segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket? I'm glad you've seen Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, the title derives from the line at Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit, and we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round, and uh, we're starting to actually find some meaningless footy now. We've first few weeks this we were shocked. the crap round of football. Yeah, and the, so in my formula... What, three, four good games? Yeah, pretty much. They were getting some pretty low numbers down there mm. in the formula. In one vote, we discussed this, and it was incredibly obvious, and we are both very happy with it. Collingwood defeated Brisbane by 62 points. I find this staggering. Why? It was the favourite like, one comfortably in a pretty boring game of football Brisbane that like, hasn't been talked about. I've not heard it been it mentioned happened once. a week ago. Of course it hasn't been talked about. Well, that was the same last week with Melbourne, and you made me put them in there then. Yeah, because Melbourne deserves to be in there. Like, not all apples are oranges. Scott. What was interesting about this game was pretty much exactly what yeah, we thought would happen. Collingwood and Brisbane are Except both the like tap I good. The fact I tip Brisbane. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> but we're idiots. <laughs> both sides are pretty good. That's all I've got to say. And there was a big, really, really, really perform, uh, impressive performance by Collingwood. That was probably the best Collingwood's played 
pretty comfortably. They're a lot better than they were against Richmond. Uh, they were different to what they were against. Yeah, and this looked a lot better. Against Richmond, it was a very well structured game, and they used the ball brilliantly, and they you know I'm picked through a zone really well. Sorry, I'm a fan of teams trying to attack. And no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. I thought it was their best performance. No, it's not. That's not a criticism you can just of. Be Colin. a grump who likes not, defensive football. I'm not criticizing Collingwood for the way they played. I'm just saying they played I well. I the rule changes. Shut up! I'm saying they played. They played well, but in a different way. And it was interesting that, like, Nathan Buckley's just a very, very good coach. And in this situation, he saw what happened at Brisbane in the previous week against Essendon, where they played, Essendon played a manic style. Brisbane looked very loose, very confused. And then Collingwood went out and did the same thing. It was yeah. forcing it through the corridor, Brisbane's playing on at all costs. pressure was awful. They really need to address that. They've been pretty bad three weeks of with that, like three of the weeks so far this season. Mm-hmm. And they're a good side when they're sort of about par with contested possession and their defensive pressure is somewhere reasonable, but too often it drops off and you they're going to get cut up. Twice now you've said Brisbane are a good side. Where, a good side. Can you please put a definition on how you say they're a good side? Because I'm starting to waver. In fact, yeah. I am, I'm definitely starting to waver. So where are you... Um, 10th to 12th. I, 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 right now, the way that they played the last two weeks, and to be honest, I think that's real. I think they're just a more potent version of what they were last year. They still look as disorganised, as loose as they did. They're just, you know, the talent's getting better and better. And I think the first few weeks they played extra well and they, mm. you know, they were really really exciting performances which they had all these kids who were really getting excited they managed to lift themselves over the line but I think we can now look at the five rounds together and I think they are a loose team who can play well can play badly they'll be very inconsistent they'll be up and down I don't think they're great I think they're 6 to 12 I think their ceiling's a fair bit higher than what you're giving I, I call them a danger side more than a good side that's yeah, how yeah, I that's not place something them I, I, that's not something I push back against too hard yeah, I think they're pretty good. And I like where they're going because they've got a very, very interesting list. I like where they're going as well, but there needs to be a lot of uh, tinkering yeah, with their need, game style. They need Zach Bailey to play, which is a lot of pressure on a kid because he's their only really quick defender. Because Witherden and Rich are good kicks and penetrating. Witherden wasn't this yeah, game. He was, he was actually disgusting. That he was, was strange. He was awful, but generally he's a good kid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but they don't have anyone with any real line breaking capacity out of the back line unless it's Zach Bailey, and they also need better key forwards because Hipwood is a certain type of key forward, and it's not one that you build a forward line around. He's more of an oversized flanker than anything else, and McStage is bad. I mean, he, he is that at the moment. I I mean, he could potentially it's develop into something. Yeah, yeah. It's got to happen now, sooner or later. Fair enough. But anyway, that was an irrelevant game, so we're talking about it for too long. <laughs> Two votes. Was Adelaide defeated Gold Coast by 73 this points. This was quite irrelevant. I mean, I mean, look. Gold Coast were like fourth coming in, though, weren't they? I, I don't want to be seen as shitting on Eddie Best in his 300th game. I want to make that very, very clear. <laughs> but what you're about to do is shit on No, I'm not going, no, 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 no. I'm saying by putting him two votes, that's not me saying I don't care about Eddie oh, Best. Okay. I want to make that very, very clear. Good on him. Big win, kicking six goals, kicking a classic Eddie Betts goal. I really like the guy. I was really happy to see a celebration for him. Genuinely so. He was very good. However, <laughs> it was probably the most standard Eddie Betts game I've ever seen. He was really good. What are you talking about? He was, he was all right. No, he was good. Like, he didn't kick a goal until the game was dead. And then he kicked three from the goal square. Two were like, one was just on a lead, which is fine. The game was dead halfway through the second quarter. 
Yeah, and he didn't do anything when the game was on the line. He was actually non-existent. I watched, I watched the first quarter and a half, and it was one of the worst games I've ever seen, so I turned it off. Uh, and, yeah, then I, and then towards the, the end of the game, I was like, oh. on the line, really. Mate, like, have you had a look at the package of his goals? Yes, I have. I watched the whole thing, really. One was fine. One was a mark on the lead. That's all right. One was running into open goal, but he was kind of a crumb, so I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of smart. Mm. Then he kicked his free goal. The other three were all just the biggest Eddie There, there was, like, the greatest Eddie Best goal of all time. And that was great, and I loved it. Chase Jones took a mark, I think it was Chase Jones. Oh, no, you're saying, oh, yeah. Uh, got concussed. Went off the field. Eddie Betts, before he's hit the ground, has picked up the ball, standing there, looking at the umpire, being like, I'll take it if he doesn't, if he can't get it. And then someone gives away a 50, so he kicks it from the goal line. Yeah, and then there was the other one where it was a very smart piece of play by Tom Lynch to whack it out the back to Eddie Betts, standing on his own in the goal square. And everyone gets around Eddie Betts. But he's a very good player, and I was happy for him. His goal goal (laughs) was an absolute cracker, though. Oh yeah, there's one there's one on that was oh, stunning. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm never going to push back against that. No. Um, but look, apart from that, like I'm telling you, early on it was disgusting. The whole game was yeah, it was, it was it was a terrible <laughs> game of football, and it ended up being one sided and boring. So outside of Eddie Betts, like it is one of the biggest gold jacket, green jacket games. Yeah, and that's why I only got two because I like Eddie and I'm happy for him. I'm proud of you. Moving on to three votes, Richmond defeated Sydney by 22 points. So to those teams, we say. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Can't believe you moved on without any Wayne Lillira talk, but we'll let that go. It's out for four weeks. Oh, it's is he? Oh, you yeah. would be out for eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, probably shoulder right. injury. I might not have factored that in as an injury. They might have only got one vote on the gold jacket, green jacket for if I was aware of that. So but anyway, Richmond-Sydney was quite a boring game. That was predictable result by a very boring margin in an average game of football. I've not heard one person talk about it. It's not a takeaway. Richmond are kind of good when they don't have all their players. So they're like just a They're good, plugging along. They're a good, not a great side when they don't have Cochin and Rance and Rewalt. Yep. And Sydney are bad. Yeah, Sydney are really like, bad. Like I think we're pretty comfortable to say that. That was one of the few takes at the start of the year, which I was right about. Yeah. There's a lot I haven't been, but that one I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. They just, Sydney have so many issues. They have no penetration going forward. They turn the ball over so often there. Their midfield is bad, really. Kennedy's playing really well at the moment. Yeah. But Parker's only... Is Parker an average midfielder? Uh, no, I'd say he's Slightly good. He's above good, average. But he's no more than that. He's not an A-grader. He's not very good. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many arbitrary distinctions. Um, and then it's like, it's Zach Jones and Papley's playing a lot of midfield in high half. Or like, it's just not a good side. Yeah, no, they're just, they're just slow. And they, I, know, I know they're not old, but they feel old. And they just oh, don't just, feel like they have any excitement. They're, they're like, old or they're bad? Pretty much, yeah. How many and young players heeny. do they have? <laughs> yeah, it's Heaney. Mills is like the second one. Ronk looked like he might be something, but he's done nothing. Yeah, he was one of the few who gave him spark at times last yeah. year. But yeah, like, I, I think they're a poor And team. Franklin is playing not as well as he has in the past. Like, nah, I think he's he not looks, gone. Yeah, he looks a little bit. He's yeah. a bit of a shade. He's not fit. He's yeah. definitely not fit. He looks a little bit. He's training 20 minutes all year last year. He's caught up with him. Anyway, that's Gold Jacket Green Jacket for the round. That might have been record time if we hadn't have spent so long on Collingwood Brisbane. We might have actually. Uh, gone with the segment's purpose of speaking three games. Getting out of the way of the first one. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Kane Corn's call of the week, where we look at a big call from the media that we think's pretty funny, needs to be looked at, and then make one of our own to just even the ledger and make sure we don't come off as too smug. 
this week we've got the man himself making a big call. This one's close to my heart. He's uh, talking about North Melbourne. He goes, not sure there's been any club that has ever got their list so wrong. And I'm going to be honest, we did get their list massively wrong. We are terrible. I will, uh, would argue most of it's coaching rather than the list, but that's beside the point. What he's forgetting is that Mick Malthouse said a wooden spoon side, he couldn't see them losing a game all year going into the season. And then they won the wooden spoon and Mick Malthouse was sacked. That cannot be. Yeah, look, they, look, they were worse. I can't deny that, but I have a big issue with this Kane Corns big call. Like, I thought we decided we were going with that ridiculous call that Wayne Carey made, where he said that North Melbourne are becoming an irrelevant club. I mean, obviously they've been irrelevant for their entire existence. The players have been talking about it for what four years now, and nobody's nobody's given us any credit. <laughs> now he says they're becoming irrelevant. That's a ridiculous. I call. like how you're forcing this opinion on to me as well. No, no it's, it's, it's a plebs call. A, We've been talking about it for years. <laughs> We have been. We've just been in violent disagreement over about whether or not it's true. And it's still not true. We're, we're the number one story this week. Uh, would you agree that you're becoming irrelevant? No. Oh, we're well, the number one on. story this week. No, you're not. We are. No, you're yes, not. We, we are. are. No, nah, it's normally Melbourne are crap. Moving on. North Melbourne are also crap. <laughs> uh, but no one cares about it, so let's move on. As always happens with North Melbourne. So, although I'm happy to have Kane in there... I thought we decided otherwise, and I'm not pleased with you, Banjo. Honestly, Scott, if you're going to be a dictator with your own segment, when it comes to my segment, you can just piss off. <laughs> That's not your segment. <laughs> I just don't respect your opinion at all when it comes to this. You don't make any good decisions. <laughs> you don't have any input. I have to go do all the work, so it's my call. And Northland are relevant anyway, so fuck off. We have an equal share in the cane call. We, call the <laughs> I want to make that very clear. But anyway, my one is... Uh, like, it's probably not even a big call. It's probably just very, very obvious. So I, I, I just thought I might go with it. Jack Rewalt and Tom Lynch will kick 15 goals between them tomorrow night. That's pretty conservative. I, I, okay, at least 15 I know, goals I guess, I guess Rewalt's first game back from a broken arm. Yeah, he might start off slightly yeah, like five. My, my first thought was it is bold because it's been a while since we've seen something like that. But when you are playing against the back line with collective brains of zero, uh, mm. it's going to be pretty easy. I... Yeah, no, 20. They'll kick 20 goals between them. That, that, now, that's starting oh, to get that's a, a bit, that's a bit into bold. better territory. Yeah, um, yeah like, the, you just can't push What's back. What's the over-under? 12? Wait, they kick less than 12. No, 18. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, it's going to be miserable. We're going to get slaughtered. We don't have Jetta in there. No O-mates. Literally Sam Frost. Jordan Lewis is cooked. <laughs> oh, no, he's not cooked. He's our me. only player in the back half who has a brain. Welcome we need him life. desperately. We need him, although his body's not doing too well. Welcome but to his brains are extremely important when you're relying on Sam Frost. 20 goals, 20 goals. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's, yeah. that's fairly painful. I reckon, goal. yeah, Lynch will kick 12 and then Rewald just because he's a little bit rusty yeah, coming yeah, back. He'll yeah. only kick the 8. So what are you going to lose by then? 130? Okay, so not quite Dean Bailey. <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're not quite at that level. <laughs> Almost Mark Neal level. But uh, you do have a coach with four years left on their contract. Nah, nah, Goody will be right. <laughs> I love it so Eventually. much. So I decided that it might be a good idea to steer the conversation away from North Melbourne and Melbourne because that's all we've really been talking about uh, so far this year. Uh, so I've gone on with a Bulldogs-themed call. Uh, the Bulldogs should sack Luke Beveridge and replace him with Billy Gowers as captain coach. Well, I mean... I'm not too happy about sacking Bevo, but if you are replacing it with a great man, I, I don't think you can yeah. really have So, any like, part of it, that, that is not really a Kane Corns call, is it? Because that's just any team should do that if they yes. have the opportunity. Yes, correct. And yeah. I don't think 
Billy Gales would be able to coach a different team while playing for the Western Bulldogs. So I don't think other teams have that option option available to them. Uh, hold on a sec. Billy, he's not captain, is he? No, Billy Gales. Why not? Um, well, he's a team player. He likes giving other people goes. Like he's, 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 uh, yeah, like, similar to what we talked about last week yeah. when he had a bad game because he was he feeling guilty. He likes to give people a pat on the back. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, not fair enough. He's behind the scenes leader. He's a puppet master. More yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get you. But yeah. Are you going to rip in a beverage for the six millionth time now? Yeah, Is that your just, plan? He's just bad. Western Bulldogs supporters <laughs> have come around to that fact. His experiments always suck. Aaron Norn is bad as a forward. Oh, he's not. I was just saw the list of the highest contested marks in the comp, but he's right up there. He's yeah, the and he'd be right forward. up there as a defender and know what he's doing the rest of the time too. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> no, Aaron Norton's done a reasonable job. No, he and, hasn't. And, and yeah. hey, how about Caleb Daniel moving to the back line? That's worked quite Yeah, it works very well every time he's stuck on a key defender and he gives away a goal every yeah, time. Yeah, that's not ideal. But What's I think... the number one priority of a defender? Okay, okay. But I would say overall it has been a successful experiment. It would have been moving a successful if they didn't have a system where he rotated to the deepest key forward at least once a game. That's just... That only costs him one goal, but he sets up. A handful of them with his beautiful ball use. He's short kicking, gets through a zone. I think he, I think he's quite good off the half. a handful of goals last week. Do you think they? Do you think he set up every single one of them? Not last <laughs> week, but we're talking about the season as a whole. I would say that Caleb Daniel moving to the back line has been a tick, and I would say that Norton is probably just a tick. I'd be like a How pencil. About Toby McLean, who averaged twenty-five touches a game, being that's redone, that's a cross. Redone as a forward pocket. Yeah, that's a cross. I give you that, especially because he's in my fantasy team. That's a big cross. Yeah. Well, what else has he done wrong? They're always life? bad ones. Like <laughs> I did, we turned Mitch Wallace into a half forward flank instead of a. Yep, that, that was a cross. Yep. <laughs> Look, there's a few. Look, these are coming off the top of my head. He's hit and miss, but he's won a flag, and therefore I'll let him get away with it. No, he should be sad. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the football, the real football. Yeah. Well, this one will be brief because um, I don't want to just start crying. Uh, as in the fit, not by 58 points. We're pretty bad. Yeah, this doesn't even give me any glee anymore, to be honest. It's a bit depressing. Would you say, I would say we're, we were equally as bad as each other, really. And in very similar ways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we'll, we'll get to the way you were bad, but our way of being bad was no pressure through the midfield, through the middle of the ground. We kind of had the wings sort of covered, which I would argue you did not. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair like yeah. Very lax pressure when they were moving from forward, uh, defense right. to forward so, line. Just so different ways of... So you're uh, saying you had issues with defensive accountability and a stoppage as opposed to us who had it on the And spread. you know when they tried to... No, on the spread, but we allowed them to take it straight through the middle instead of yeah, forcing Yeah, okay, line. so they burst. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And there was no one sort of yeah. sweeping the back bad. of the stoppage. Yeah. <laughs> but I got such similar vibes out of your game as ours. And that, like, the first quarter and a half, I thought in the contest, you were well in the game, arguably the better team. Well, in terms of that, in terms of the contest, you, yeah. were, you were playing better. And we kicked terribly for goals, which didn't help. No, correct. But then in 10 minutes to end the second quarter, you were yeah. utterly annihilated. And, and then the game was dead yeah. at halftime. And then after halftime, it was disgusting. Like, yeah. It was, no structure, no effort. It was pretty, pretty miserable to watch. Even for me, I got a little bit sad. It was just watching oh, wow. miserable football. That's that's an insult. <laughs> um, yeah, just like it probably on balance should have been a five to seven goal loss if we kicked sort of averagely. Like we kicked what nine. But it was one of those things. By the end of it, it was so bad. It, yeah, it but it's, it's like one of those things where it probably wouldn't have been that bad if we kicked straight out. Yeah. It's more the point I'm making. But we were just terrible. Essendon were okay. 
So they were pretty good, but they just witches hats for a lot of it, and you can't really take anything away because from when Essendon, when Essendon look good, they look really good and they make you look stupid, yeah. and they did that to us. But I think a lot of it was self inflicted too. Our forward movement is so stupid. We're just sitting on people's heads, and we don't have a single forward whose strength is having the ball sat on their head. Like Ben Brown, you know yeah. what he should do? He, he should likes probably lead at the ball. Yeah. Zebel probably should lead at the ball. He's got really sticky hands when he's leading at the ball. Mason Wood definitely should be leading at the ball. Jeez, he's been a disappointment. Remember when you said he's he was actually, clearly comfortably better than James Sicily? Well, only one of them decided to stay as a key forward. One bitched out and went to the halfback. And he's a star. <laughs> I think I Ir- won that Irrelevant. One. But yes, I do. I did get that one wrong. But like Mason Wood did a lot of pretty nice things. And if he had to kick three goals instead of three behind. He always does nice things, but he doesn't do it consistently. No, but he, like, he did it reasonably consistently around the ground. And... Just the in front of goal stuff. He had three really good opportunities to kick a goal and then had a fourth that he passed off. And he could have kicked four goals if he was competent at all kicking for goals. And so he <laughs> probably should have right? kicked four goals. And then that's a good game. So, like, the last couple of weeks he's played a lot better up the ground. Not that this matters at all, but and he's just shat himself kicking for goal. So it, he's probably the most positive forward we've got so far at the moment. That's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, real sad. Yeah, your team sucks. We know that. Uh, we, um, our opinions as plebs, we're not changing in terms of what we're thinking about Essendon. I still think Essendon, their first couple of games are equally as relevant as their last couple yeah. of games. I'm looking at the thing as a whole. I think they're a very inconsistent team who are unbelievable front runners. Like as I said, the way that they put the foot down in the back half of the second quarter. It was amazing how quickly they killed that game. And they're so exciting when they're up and going, but when things are not going their way, I can just see them getting slaughtered from time to time. Yeah, 100%. And they, they, they were going for such bold kicks in the middle, and they, they had a day where they just seemed to hit every single one of them. You miss a few of them, and you're going to get destroyed. Yeah. I, I can just see them being so up and down this year. And the same way as Brisbane, really. They're playing a very similar style. That's probably a fair comment. But anyway, let's move on because... Of- I don't want to start weeping. Port Adelaide defeated the West Coast <laughs> by 42 points. This was an unbelievably good performance. This, right? yeah, this was awesome. I sent you a message like the next... sort of hit me in the face when I went, wow. Yeah, it. I sent you a message the next day. I'm like, did you see any of that game? That was actually incredible. How <laughs> well Port Adelaide And it was played. on both fronts. They were so good moving the ball forward. Yeah. Like, especially early, which, like, they slowed up when the rain came. That's just going to yeah. happen. But defensively, West Coast looked listless and I don't think I've ever said that about West Coast they would just chip the ball side to side yeah over possess the ball in the back line normally they chip the ball around but they move with purpose and they move it forward whereas this it was so much lateral movement that it just slowed yeah. everything up and the, they haven't been able to get anyone going Jack Darling's had a shocking start of the year as has Kennedy really they haven't been able to find that link going forward and getting those marks on the lead that was so typical of what they were last year. Yeah, the feeling I got, I felt like they were on the back foot, which I haven't yeah. seen for a long time. When they were kicking, they just felt like they didn't know where to go. They just looked frightened. It was like it, it was similar to how like Richmond were playing a few years ago when they were trying to play the chip mark game, but they just didn't yeah. move the ball forward yeah. at all. And probably, I've probably seen shades of it in Collingwood this year until this week as well. It's It's a... That game is really, really good when it works, but if you're not getting those outlets down the field, then you just end up switching it back and forth eventually as a turnover, yeah. and then you just... West teams could just roll over the top too, of you. too long to pull the trigger. They didn't see an option immediately, and then they slowed the game right down and nothing was there. They just had no ability to sort of create anything. And they, 
They don't really have guys that can be good bailout options down the line. Like with Lysett gone, Vardy and Hickey replaced him, and I'm being sort of so-so at this point. Mm. They don't really have get-out kicks. And their midfield's not looked great so far this year. Gaff has been pretty disappointing coming back. He's no. got a lot of the he's ball, but he's not doing ball. anything. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, Yo's been down. Redden's been yeah, very up been and down. down. Sheed's improved, but he's slowed down the last couple of weeks too. They're just not quite in sync in the midfield. I think they've got a bit of work to do adjusting the balance through there because last year Gap was an inside midfielder for all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah. Sort of that Sean Higgins second receiver role a lot of the time and he's sort of with Dom Sheed being there as well who pretty much one for one took his role when Gap got suspended. Mm. There's a little bit of conflict of how they play there and I don't think either are quite certain how to do it. Gap's getting a lot outside. Sheed ball but not doing anything with it and Sheed's really dropped off with his yeah, we, which Gaff added an edge to his game last year, and they yeah. became so damaging out of a contest and with his raking boot. Uh, Port Adelaide, I, I like. I would say I saw shades of Richmond in the way that they played, in that there was just this fierce determination to get the ball forward, no matter what. And it wasn't. I I didn't see the first quarter, which apparently mm. it was silky ball movement through the middle. Et I wouldn't say silky. It was more just you know how they move Manic. the ball powerfully. No, you know how they move the ball powerfully forward throughout the whole game. Yeah. They did that except everything stuck to hands. Yeah, you know, okay, like, okay. Just, instead of having to tap the ball on and force it forward, they'd move the ball forward really powerful through the contest and someone had cleanly taken the handball off. Yeah, so they, like they tried to do it that way for the whole game and then when it became wet, it became a bit more ugly, but it was still that same it was still thing, really was, effective though. Yeah, driving the ball forward, which was, yeah, so polar opposite of what West Coast mm. were doing where it was moving sideways. Um, yeah, like West, Port Adelaide have been pretty good this year really they they were really stiff to lose to brisbane um and like they, they could have easily got a couple of games to stick they'd yeah. be really disappointed to richmond drop the game again. against richmond yeah but they could have won that i think they're looking okay to be honest i love rosie they could I love so rosie. easily make the top eight and yeah. i did not give them a shout for that early yeah you were pretty harsh on yeah pretty much play i got it wrong they found a lot coming back both through the midfield, Rockliffe improving his output back to sort of what he was at Brisbane to Massive Phillips. We got Wines back, who sort of had his first good game coming back as well. Yeah. He was really good. Their midfield looks pretty imposing if it all starts yeah. to click. And yeah. Ebert Ford's worked wonders because he's such a good mark. Yeah. And Which yeah. I always thought like his strength was uh, running. He has such good running power, but yeah. you're right. He's also a very good overhead mark. And then he can still get up and get back. Yeah, and he's doing that really yeah. well. And he's playing enough midfield to sort of utilise both pretty effectively. Yeah. He's playing really, really well. And they've still got Dixon to come back, really. Yeah, and well, I mean, I, I hear it. Like, I, I get the impression he's one of those ones we just don't know when he's going to get back. Really yeah, but like if he comes back at this point in the year and he replaces Todd Marshall... That's a big win. That's definitely big. That's a <laughs> huge win. Yeah, huge win. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Fred defeated GWS by 24 points. This was another massive upset. Another great performance. My favourite result of the round. It's a good thing I'm actually a Fremantle supporter. It, yeah. You know, it keeps me going. Do you have a membership? Uh, not yet. I'm serious. My next, no. my next birthday, I might buy like a three-game membership or something. <laughs> Previously, when I jumped on Fremantle, I had one item of purple clothing, which was a... Polo top that was way too small, <laughs> but I still wore it occasionally during Port Adelaide, uh, during Fremantle oh, games. Uh, that'll be too small now, so that won't come out. I've got to buy some more purple clothing. Uh, but you're an idiot. Remember, you tried to claim that it was their forward line that wasn't working. It's, how good was it this week? Yeah, Drop McCarthy. 
Yeah, and brought in an even yeah, slower tour. That's something you just shouldn't, you shouldn't really focus on. <laughs> Yeah, I did text you halfway through the game, being like, look how smart I am. McCarthy doesn't play, and they play so well, then five minutes later, realise they've replaced him with an even taller guy. I honestly, like, I watch a fair bit of Freo. I, I saw a very small amount of this game. I saw little bits and pieces. Mm. But I really have got the vibe this year from them that it, it, it has seemed to be an intent thing in terms of how they've been moving the ball forward. Yeah, they, those two really games... Is- they seemed just absolutely determined to bring it through the corridor. Yeah. And then the, it was the way that the midfield swarmed forward in numbers. And then the other games I've seen, it hasn't been like that at all. It's just been numbers around the ball, just pack the ball forward. It's that, it has seemed like they have been trying to do different things. Which is weird because one one way of playing has brought them clearly their best two results. Yeah. Absolutely thumped us and pretty comprehensively beat GWS in the end that wasn't really a close game going down to the wire. They put them away. Yeah. And the other games lead to losses to the Gold Coast, five-point wins against St. Kilda, which doesn't look that bad, but they were at home. Yeah. And St. Kilda had a few injuries. Like, they, and they've always had X-Factor players through the midfield, and now they've got a really dangerous forward line. So they they have the weapons to play an aggressive style. Yeah, tell you what, Tabernal looks awesome so far. Yeah. Hogan finally got going as well. Yeah, just, it was, that was a classic Hogan game. Yeah, just really good signs for their forward line. GWS, though, how do you feel about them? Uh, like, I haven't been getting as carried away with GWS as a lot of other people are. I, th- I think they're a good team. I think they're a very good team, but I... Yeah, I still believe in the top four, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would put them... I don't know. It's so hard to place at the moment. I, I'd say they're a top four contender, would be yeah, okay. I would put them as. As that opposed below, to a flag. Yeah, okay. But who's a flag contender? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, Collingwood are, I still say West Coast are, despite their disappointing performance this week. Uh can't touch and go on Geelong still as well. So yeah. I think there's a few teams you need to really grab me as we go forward. And that'll happen when the wins just start piling up and you say, oh, someone's yeah. got 12 wins and three losses. Yeah. They're probably good. Yeah. There comes a point where teams become irresistible, which like GWS have shown in patches, but they haven't quite grabbed yeah. me yet. Okay, well, let's get to our top five, the only segment we have that needs no explanation. Uh, this week we're doing top five disappointments for the year. <laughs> Just um, to keep the miserable vibe going. Yeah. We're pretty unhappy about our own team's performance and we just thought we'd been glossing over how shit some other teams were, so we wanted to really reflect on that and then have another And also, who's your five? My five, I've got Sydney at five. Ooh. Uh, I oh, was... there was a clear top four and you've uh, flashed. Yeah, no, nah, I was tempted to put him a little bit higher, but let, let, let's remember, oh, I did not it. rate Sydney at all at the start <laughs> of the year, so they've probably been worse than I thought they would be, but not by that much. Where did I put him? I think I put him... 13th or something. And yeah, something Right like now, they're looking like probably a bottom four team, really. The way they're playing, they probably look about 15th, 16th. Yeah. So they're just not good. Yeah, and I suppose with them, the thing which it hasn't shocked me because everything I thought was a problem with Sydney has been a problem yeah. in terms of pace and depth through the midfield and all of that. So I'm just really, they're, they're a bad team, which I wasn't expecting, but I was definitely on the, they're definitely not a good yeah, team. Yeah, they're worse than <laughs> mediocre, or the bottom end of mediocre as well, which is kind of where we thought they'd be. Maybe we yeah. thought they'd be good, but, jeez, they've been shocking. Yeah. I had the dogs as far. Oh, <laughs> you, you tipped them to win them with the spoon. How can they be disappointed when you I, said I, they're going to win the spoon? I think I tipped them for third last on my ladder. You really said to me they're going to win the spoon. They stopped lying. I said they could win the spoon, and I might be right on that. Which, no, does, no. which does kind of call into question how I can be disappointed by them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I stand by 
They've been god-awful at times this year. They've had a couple of really good wins as well. So the Hawthorne game, complete fluke, let's be honest. Yes, but it wasn't I don't even win. remember the it was somewhat reasonable, I think, early on. Yeah, it they they really looked kind of sharper. They've been terrible. Like no, they have been the last couple of weeks. And I mean, you expected just... them to be terrible. You said they were in the spoon, mate. What are their strengths? They're some... oh, They're playing... They beat Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> they are playing below their talent level, and that's got to be disappointing. Like it's pretty significantly below their talent level. Their talent level's pretty low, man. It's not that low. It's just not. I, uh, they should I, have a decent-ish midfield. Yeah, I think like their midfield's all right. players who are pretty good through the midfield. Some of them aren't being played through the midfield. They've got talented key defenders. They've got some talent as key forwards who they just refuse to play. Like, Shackie just got dropped. And, like, regardless of if he'd been performing well enough, he should be blooded. They've got guys they spent 400000 or 500000 on to bring across in Trengrove, who's, yeah, admittedly not good, but he's still, they've spent a fortune on him to bring him across and they're just not playing him now and I just don't get it. They're just a bit of a rabble and I think that's disappointing. They, it also has to be said, three years ago they won the flag. That has to be held against them. Yes. They won the flag as a young team that should improve. Neither of us thought they'd be any good. And they're not any good. They're, they're actually sitting exactly are, where I thought they, they would. They are holistically disappointing. They are exactly what I thought they would be. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not disappointing. Uh, my number four, I've got one you've missed out. I went with Richmond at number four. I, so you lied to me. No, I said they are one of those three. Oh, uh, yeah, and when I asked you if it was Richmond, you said no. <laughs> no, I said, I don't know, is it? You'll find out. I gave you a little bit of a teaser there, Joe. Uh, have you not put them in under the reason of their uh, reasons why they've been disappointing because of yeah. injuries, etc. Like, I don't you... think saying Alex Rancy did his ACL should make them think they're super disappointing. Like, yes, they have been compared to expectations, but they're not the team we thought they were going to be. Yeah, I, I suppose I, I, I kind of took that out of it. I don't think it's relevant what reasons there are for them being disappointing. I just okay. think they have been hideously disappointing. They're far, I think they've done well the last couple of weeks that they've kept themselves going and they're still in there and... You know, they're, they're, they're every chance to get going and make finals and be all right. But, like, I thought they would win the Premiership. Yeah, so and we have little differences here. I had no doubt they would be a top four team. And, like, right now I have no doubt they won't make the top four. I'm pretty comfortable on that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. just took a different philosophical approach. Fair I got enough. Sydney at four, so that brings us to three, which I'm guessing is the same. Yeah, uh, three we both got Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, how amazing like, that they're How happy three. are they that <laughs> North and Melbourne have been so shit? <laughs> uh, I think I tipped them for second. And uh, right now, they're, you know, they got to show yeah, me a they, bit before they, I'm confident they'll be playing finals. They are closer to second last. Yeah. Like, <sighs> not, none of their strengths that I thought would be there are there. Their runoff halfback hasn't been very inspiring. Their forward connection hasn't been very exciting. Tom Lynch... Just turning the ball over this year. Used to be fantastic at linking up through the full yep. line. Just hasn't worked for him this year. Their midfield looks really good on paper now. That was a problem when they were made the grand final. We thought their mm-hmm. midfield was a bit shallow. Looks a lot deeper now with the Crouches, Sloan, Gibbs. Like It's pretty deep on paper, but who's playing well out of them? Uh, like They're still fine on the footy. Just, it lacks a bit of spark is what it lacks in the midfield. Yeah, Matt There's nothing Crouch, that makes me go, oh yeah. Matt just, Crouch oh, yeah, you'll get the ball. That's bigger 
lotto that you can imagine, yeah. really. They've got like, a lot of players who are death by a thousand cuts. They don't have many who can blow a game open in five minutes in the middle. Yeah, even Sloan, who's the closest to that, is just the best version of a death by a thousand cuts yeah. player, he, really. He's he, slightly more explosive. He's been very good because he goes both ways and yeah. then he does everything well. But he's not... I mean, he can lift a team because he's a good leader, but he's not a superstar talent. Isn't what Rory Sloan is. They, they lock, lack a bit in the midfield there, and I kind of we, we probably thought that excitement was going to come from their forward line, and it hasn't quite. So yeah. they've been a bit perplexing, to be honest. But anyway, so it's pretty obvious what our two and one is. We yes. both got North Melbourne at two. Is that uh, right? No, like like this is a personal ranking, and personally, I've been more disappointed. I'm not going to deny the fact that comparative to expectations, yes, Melbourne have been more disappointing. But uh, North Melbourne have hurt me more. And I think, I think I'm just a lad. I don't know whether personal I am, should come into I, these days. I am in pain right now, and I've just going to put North at one because I can and I feel like it. I remember saying to you just before round one, saying, you know what's really exciting? I genuinely think the goal this season is to win a premiership. <laughs> we are 17th right now. I'm actually starting to think about how good the draft is. I think I was saying to you at the end of last year going... Yeah, I reckon you'll be good for about 10 years, and that's yeah. really disappointing. I think, of, I think at the end of last year, <laughs> I had, remember saying, oh, mate, we'll be going deep in finals for many years to come. Yeah. No worries. You've had like, literally months of that. <laughs> uh, at least I still have the memories of those two nights. Yeah, they do. They last for a long time. Yeah, someone is thinking about 2014-15 a lot recently. I might not go tomorrow night. I might just chuck on Melbourne Geelong <laughs> instead of home. <sighs> uh, speaking of... Oh, yeah, let's move on. We don't actually need to talk about our sides. We've spoken about them enough. St Kilda defeated Melbourne by 40 points in the best result of the round. St Kilda, real deal? Or are you just shit? Ah, uh, no. St Kilda, I mean, they're a lot better than expected. They're not the real deal. I, I mean, legitimately, much, mate. Beat Melbourne, switch the ball, kick a goal. That's all you have to do. That is all you have to do against Melbourne at the moment. That That is the entire game plan. I'm good on them. They exposed it very well. And they're very quick through the midfield, so they're able to do that. They have a lot How of gut runs. How upset are you that Dopey Kent would literally be your best player right now? He would not. See, if he was part of our forward line, he would not be getting a game. He's only works at St Kilda because of the fact that he keeps getting goals. Well, are they well coached or something? Are they better coached? Well, they were very well coached on the weekend. You do yes. have to admit, though. So a year ago, we were talking about Melbourne or St Kilda, who's further along in their development. You thought you'd close that case last year. Ah, but, like, come on now. St Kilda, that's pretty comprehensive. They've been here how many out of the last 20 times? Yeah, like 17. Lot. They have been a bogey side so, for a long time. Like, I think they're just better than you, and I think you owe somebody an apology. I'm not sure who, but your arrogance is definitely caused. I'm not jumping on the excitement about St Kilda. I think we're the, we would be the easiest team to coach against at the moment. <laughs> it is just so obvious what you do against us. I don't know. <laughs> we play too. Um, um, surprisingly enough, so the media talk this week analysing Melbourne has actually been very, very good. They've oh, yeah, actually completely very, nailed it. It's very dumb football, which is easy to spot. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but it has been happening for three years, and they never noticed it in the past because it got covered up by the fact we were still winning the contests by so much, and we had Jesse Hogan in the team that we were able to lock it in the forward So line. do you get arrogant? No, I don't think that's it. I, I, I don't think anything I heard out of the Melbourne Football Club since we lost that prelim. I, I don't think that's what's happened. I think there are a lot there are a lot of external factors which have really, really hurt. I, as we say, heavily underdone going into the season. Our injury yeah. list is messed up. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. On top of that, we have the same problems we've had for three years. 
being our ability to spread and our ability to be accountable and run both ways. Yes. That's always been a problem, but it's so magnified now because our back line is so decimated that they're so vulnerable. And the way that we're going forward now without Hogan, we're not, it's not coming to ground, we're not making a contest, we're not locking it in. And therefore it's just peeing back out and it's just become completely exaggerated there to was the point a, we now look horrible. There was a bit of arrogance in trading Hogan though. There was a thought that you didn't need him. There was arrogance toward there was a there was an overconfidence in Wiedemann, obviously. Yeah, I think the, main the thing. overall list forward line. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think that's bond related as well. I don't think that's arrogance. I think that's just miscalculating yeah. the quality of our forward line, which they've clearly done. And I would do anything in the world to have Jesse Hogan. <laughs> 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 I would give anything. And then we thought that Cade Golajas knew he was going to be all right, and he's one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. Let's uh, <laughs> go back to St Kilda though, because they've had a pretty, pretty big turnaround on last year. Where do you see them sort of ending up when it's all said and done? Do you think they can make finals? No, no. Well, I, I could I, see them scraping into seventh or eighth just because I don't know what's going on this year. No, nah, look, they've beaten no one. I, I, I don't think they're a great team. I know they, they've improved a lot, and good on them for that. And I think at the moment they are quite well coached. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because yeah. God, we thought Richo was bad last I'm year. I'm just pretty impressed by the way they've had a lot of players sort of turn around their form from year to year. Uh, Jack Billings has absolutely t- returned to what... Yeah, which we've been waiting be. for a long time. For I mean, that. He was sort of halfway to that two years ago Yeah, and, and just had back. a shocking yeah. year last year. I think what they've done with Josh Battle has been really impressive. Rowan Marshall, while he got smashed by going the pit outs because he's a bit sort of underdone development-wise with his body, he looks like he'll be a pretty good ruckman and he's decent around the ground. And I just... They're just pretty impressed. They're not relying on Seb Ross through the midfield. Yeah. Seb Ross has been pretty ordinary. Jack Stevens barely played and not been good when he has played. Like, it's a completely different mix. Jack Steele yeah. has been so impressive. Name their A-graders. Who do they have as an A-grader in that team? They, they don't exist. They're the only one who they've had recently has been Stephen, and he's obviously facing his issues, and he's far off at he's the moment. He's a bit underdone. Seb yeah. Ross is not a good enough kick to be classified as an A-grader and hasn't been playing that well. No. No, um, no one else belongs in that bracket. Billings is approaching it, like with his form this year. He'd be the closest, probably. Uh, Jade Gresham, relative to position. Mm, nah, he's not He's not there. He's like the third best small forward in the competition. There aren't any. Yeah, so relative to position, <sighs> he's an A-grade. It's like when I say Trent Dumont's an elite wingman. I do. There aren't any wingmen. But he's not an elite wingman. Nah, it should be done. He's not an elite race. footballer. He does not belong in the A-grade bracket. Uh, well, they're, they're just they're shallow. They're not that great. They're not. But, like, you're sort of saying they're shallow, but they've been wrecked by injury. Like, they, they had a horror off-season. Like, what happened with Hanbury, although predictable, has happened. Jake Carlisle just destroyed his back. Dylan Roberton had the reoccurrence. Like, they had a shocking off-season. They've pulled through it, unlike North Melbourne and Melbourne, who respectively yeah. had bad off-seasons. They've turned into a real good side. Yeah, I'm just saying... Credit to them for having done what they've also, done, Jack but they're not a great time. Pretty close to an A grade this He's year. not quite there. But anyway, let's move on. Carlton defeated Western Bulldogs by forty-four points. Carlton finally broke the hundred-point barrier. This was this was just amusing. Like it was heartwarming. This result, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, oh, it was heartwarming. Was it? You hate Carlton. I, I mean, do you hate also Carlton. Yeah, so like, like if Hawthorne played Essendon, what would I do? 
like similar things. Mate, I, I found it incredibly heartwarming. I'm actually like really happy about the result. And I think there was a it wasn't even the fact that they won and they scored a hundred points for the first time ever, which would be a big relief. The, the way they brought up the hundred points was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. On <laughs> Sam the side Sam Walsh doing it. Yeah. Uh, but like God, there's a, there were a lot of reasons out of game to be excited. And Harry Mackay's been the one who's been talked about the most. Ooh, yeah, Best game good. Sam Petrescu seasons ever played. Yeah. Quite and like, by quite a margin. Not because it was he's been bad either. Like that was yeah. just a genuine. Like he game. started to look like a real proper footballer. And what he needed to do was start to accumulate more and he'd have thirty five touches. Yeah. He's that, he's really damaging. Cripps was absurd as he always is. Yeah. Uh, obviously Sam Walsh just looking incredible. Um, like there's a lot of reasons mm. for Carlton to be really excited. And, and at it was the a moment, big win. They're like, trading pick four for pick five. With Adelaide, <laughs> yeah, at the moment, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just found it really, really nice, really, really nice. I suppose for someone who's gone through a lot of misery myself, I like seeing the teams who've gone through a lot of hell enjoying, yeah. enjoying a win. I'm, I'm surprisingly on board with this one, actually. Yeah, the dogs were awful, as I've said about yeah. fifteen times this yeah. pod, and Beveridge should be sacked. But Billy Gowers, captain coach. It was really good signs from yeah, exactly. It was really good signs from Carlton. But uh, speaking of Billy Gowers, it's now time for a, what I would call a, a slightly improved Billy Gowers watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. Yeah, statistically, very much improved. I would say that this was, this was just a classic Billy Gowers game, wasn't it? Eight kicks, five handballs, six marks, one tackle, and one goal too. I mean... I'm getting a little bit sick of saying those stats every week because it's, 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 it's extremely similar to what he does. Although one goal, two, it's normally one goal, one. So he did improve, <laughs> I would uh, say. Kind of. In two, he's not being played, handled well at the moment. But beverage. Here we go again. He's been played too deep forward as a key forward and he's having the ball sat on his head against defenders that are bigger than him. Well, I think he's, he's just not put in a position to succeed. It's very similar to what Zeeble's going through at the moment. And it's just bad coaching. I don't understand why you're criticising Beveridge. Surely Billy Gowers is the one that makes that call considering he, he's got himself. No, like, he's not captain coach as much as he should be. <laughs> so he's willing to give people the illusion of power. Oh, is it that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's just, he's just willing to be like, you know what, Bevo? This is wrong, but I'm not going to challenge you on it. You're going through a bit of a shit time. You're about to be sacked. You probably could use a win. And while you're not going to get it from my performance, you'll get it from me saying yes, what a <laughs> dumb it, idea is. It is true, though. Like, he's, he's not a full forward. He's not. And he's been playing in that role for two years, he's, which is, like, unbelievable that he's actually done a good job doing that. But, like, that's not where he should be he, playing. He could be a sort of occasional, the guy you isolate in the goal square when he's yeah. in a favourable matchup. Yeah. And in the way Richmond do with Dusty Martin, he's a guy that he's got the right body shape to be a guy you can isolate and he can win one-on-one contests, but only against someone who's the right size for him. Yeah. If someone's too big a body, they're going to beat him every time. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's coming up against. It's just dumb. So anyway, let's move on. Geelong defeated Hawthorne by 23 points. Easter Monday. Not that good a game, though. Yeah, we went along to it. It was like, like it wasn't a bad game. It was all right. Both teams looked okay, but I just didn't come away it from was it just really a thinking bit anything. Meh. I suppose the only real thought I got out of it was the Garys were very, very nice, making that forward line look a lot more uh, dynamic yeah. than it has been in the past. 
Uh, but yeah, apart from that, I think it was just two teams who played the same way they've been playing all year, and the better team won comfortably enough. <laughs> yeah, it could have been two goals either side, and I would have been like, yeah, I see that. But that was pretty much bang on the over-under of where I would have put it. Yeah. Uh, just Geelong have improved how clinical they are going forward so much this yeah. year. And they've just got a bigger diversity of options. They're not going through Tom Hawkins that much anymore. He's been a lot quieter than he has been in the past. Well, then he was last year. So last year was yep. sort of the peak in terms of how much they were flowing through and that's sort of a target further up the ground as well. They're just not doing that anymore. Because they're now they're having quite often is Gary Rowan he's starting at the starting in the square. I really he always leads up at times. Because yeah. he's almost keyboard height. Like he's a pretty mm. big boy. He's probably one ninety something. He's and skinnier, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but he's even not too skinny, he's just skinnier than Hawkins. Which uh, <laughs> relatively yeah. is a big deal, but I don't think he's that skinny. And he has a flyer and he brings the ball to ground. And he's really good on the ground, which you're not really going to get from a full forward too often. Yeah. And he's got good forward pressure, which is when they had Menzel instead, just was a and nightmare for the them. Problem, yeah. So they've just really improved what they're able to get on the ground while not really sacrificing too much of yeah. what they get in the air through. Getting Rowan in. He's always, no matter what role he's played, and he spent a lot of time forward at Sydney as well, but no matter what role he played, he's always been a get 10 disposals, kick a couple of goals, and you'd be pretty happy yeah. for him. And that, that's I a don't think in, I don't think in the past... So I think now Geelong's sort of built to kick it to him, which I think is a lot more amenable to his football brain than the roles he was put in in Sydney. In yeah, Sydney, okay. he sort of had to fit into a puzzle... There was Buddy there when he was playing forward and yeah. otherwise he'd be playing half-back or on a wing. And he sort of had to create whatever he was going to do by himself. Now he just does very defined things. He leads hard yeah. straight up Super and they kick it yeah, to okay. him. And then, like, I'm sure on the training track, he would look like the best player up there because there's set drills that you do the same thing. Oh, yeah, I reckon yeah, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they've kind of turned him into that on a real football ground yeah, because... Yeah. They kick it to him in defined areas. He's their bailout kick so often, which is just a good role for him because it draws him to the contest. And he's just around the ball much a lot more. He's not getting a heap of it or anything like that, but he is getting it in really impactful areas instead of when he has five touches, they're five meaningless touches because he doesn't know what he's doing on the wing. Yeah, and Ablett's the one who's playing that more sort of floating role that he did say. Rowan was, he was previously really playing in Sydney, yeah. where he, he's, he's smart enough. Like, he knows where to work, how to get back, and, yeah, had his big Ablett moments, which, I mean, you can just, you can just picture him doing that in finals. That's hanger like, and that's that how uh, banana along the ground. Oh, they were too cracking goals. Bloody should have been playing forward last year. It's ridiculous that they didn't. Yeah, they that finally figured bad. that out. Selwood playing on a wing has worked better than I ever thought it possibly could. Um, so there's there's a lot of experiments they've done, and pretty much all of them seem to be working, which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, even Harry Taylor playing sort of a sort of swingman really starts back, but he's working forward. Well, I think he just played back, but he did end up getting on the end of a couple of but marks. He was pushing very, very high. So maybe they just yeah. they decided he's not even going to be sort of last line of defence because they'll just get worked over yeah. at the back. So he's playing a lot higher, a maybe. Higher defender, perhaps, yeah. I don't know. I'm spitballing on the fly. Yeah, but it was odd about how often he seemed to drift forward. Yeah. It could have just been he one had of those days. Shots on target, shots on goal. And yeah. I, honestly, I think it's the way he's created those shots on goal seemed quite purposeful. They weren't just sort of random. Yeah, they did. Around around they did. I, I, it could have just been one of those weeks. It could yeah, the, but I have decided to read more into it than I should. A lot, a lot is working. A lot is working down at Catland. Anyway, let's move on to Poochie's mailbag. We're going to throw to our producer Liam, 
to uh, ask us some questions. First question is, uh, since Collingwood and Geelong seem to be the most consistently good teams so far this season, how do we deal with their annoying supporter bases? Uh, there's one pretty clear tactic to this. Um, don't associate with them. Uh, just avoid them at all costs. Oh, so you've cut Stringer and Charlie out of your life, have you? Yeah. I don't think I'll be talking to them much for <laughs> six months. I, I, until October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just you've got choices to make. Some are hard choices. I don't know. For any listeners that are in a relationship or married to a Collingwood or DeLong supporter, <laughs> break up with them. Obvious choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's pretty simple. This is a bit of a dumb question because the answer is so obvious. And what, what would he know about? He lives in Queensland. You, you do choose your friends, you're right. So yeah. no Collingwood or DeLong supporters. Is that a pleb, pleb call? Yeah, family members, I guess, are a bit more of an issue, but get your blood tested and see if you're adopted and they haven't told you. <laughs> and then disassociate if you are. <laughs> righto, Banjo, righto. Next question. Alrighty, do the plebs think the recent rule changes have worked in favour of equalisation? Is this another poochie question? Yes. <laughs> equalisation, what has that got to do with the rule changes? Well, well they're pretty much flipped. It's a bit of a bonkers year. Oh, but that's... You can't read it, that's because of the rule changes. That's been building for years. It's been becoming more and more even Did and weird know and unpredictable. The top four teams this year in conceding from inside 50, so the four stingiest teams when the ball goes inside defensive 50, were the bottom four the year before. No, I didn't. It's a fun fact. I didn't know that, Banjo. But are you seriously telling me that the fact we have 666 has made the competition more even? The only, the only logical reason I could say that perhaps that is the case is because all of the teams are trying to figure it out and then yeah. within that chaos, yeah, that's things like, that's level I think out. The argument but, is. I mean, no, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I, I, I do not see really any link between the two. Yeah, I don't, especially not long-term. Maybe there's a short-term link of... People don't know what's going on, and some. Well, there are multiple teams that were decent to good last year that just haven't handled it well. Us and you. Yes, <laughs> correct. Um, but, uh, nah, that's a bit of a stretch, Pooch. I, I love criticizing his questions. That that was a strange one. That was a str- I don't really understand where he's going with that. Yeah, you know, move on. Next question. Why has the AFL got entertainment for Anzac Day? This is a good question. It's uh, it's supposed to be a day of remembrance and a day of of somberness to really respect the troops. And they've brought in Birds of Tokyo. And I know Anzac Day is a World War One thing, but let's be honest, it's a pretty holistic uh, celebration of our military history. And they decided to bring in the Birds of Tokyo, which I think is slightly questionable as well. Uh, this is just a bad decision. Yeah, just look, leave it to the last post, and that's it. I would definitely say it's a, it's a cross. Like I don't like having it there. But, like, I mean, I'm not going to be that upset if it's a thing where they play and then there's a half an hour break and then they bring in the whole thing that they always but do. Like, That'll still work fine. But like, when it's there's the a half hour break between that and the pre-game stuff, isn't that just worthless anyway? Yes. Yes. I know it's going to be there watching Birds of Tokyo. But, like, like I, 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 look, I'll be really upset if it's Birds of Tokyo in straight into the yeah. last post and all that. That'd be really, really bad. But providing there's a reasonable gap in between them... I'd, you know, I'm not going to... It's just a bit dumb. Like, it's a bit of a waste. Yeah, yeah. There's not... It was not, an odd decision. It's not the reason the AFL executive should be fired, but it does just add to that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Last question. Uh, this is my own question, mainly directed at Scott. Uh, are Melbourne allergic to defensive running? Haven't I bloody answered this question already? I've been talking about this for three years. Yes! Yes, we despise <laughs> defensive running. Every single one of them. The only person who runs is Neil Bullen, who's crap, and he's now back in the team. So is it something in the water? 
Is it a Casey or Gosh's paddock problem? Uh, look, look, to me, so look, if we look at our midfield, Brayshaw and Oliver, they're our biggest ball players, and therefore I think we're happy to say you get the ball and don't worry too much about defensive running. You, most teams have that. Bray, uh, sorry, Oliver's sort of halved his tackle output so far this year. Okay, okay. That's, I'd say that's more of a contest thing than a running defensively thing. But anyway, yeah, yeah, fair. Anyway, that, both of them I'm happy to say you don't have to do too much defensive running. Viney's just dead. Like his body's just cooked, so yeah, he's not sad, doing a lot of it. Harms is really accountable at a stoppage, but I don't know if he's much on the spread. Mm. We don't have a lot of runners, and I suppose it's Billy that Stretch we wanted. College, yeah, we wanted K College Jazz to play, and he's terrible. And Billy Stretch is just like he's not bad, but he's just not quite AFL yeah. standard. Neil Bullen did a lot of that running, but he's been so out of form that we dropped him. You haven't had the yeah. high press coming from the Fords either, though. Last year the Fords sort of pushed back quite deep. And then got them on the spread and used the running capacity forward to yeah. really stretch yeah, yeah. the other. So you'd start deep, sort of mitigate your need for defensive running a bit and catch them on the other way. That just yeah. hasn't really happened. Melksham's not having the same impact he was as a link-up player. He's playing pretty well, but yeah. not the same. We look the most dangerous when he's our central target at yeah. the moment, which is sad because he shouldn't be. We should no. have better forwards than that. Uh, but you know, it's been a problem for a very long time. We do not have a lot of two-way runners. But do we finish off with a final question from the Facebook page, Battle Situations with Unexpected Handicaps? Mm-hmm. Hit me. <laughs> Steve Aoki. But the reality That's of how... Sh- yes, correct. Okay. Keep listening. Steve That's Aoki, but the reality of how shit of a DJ he is oh. finally hits him versus David Koch, but the reality of how much better Carl Stefanovic is than him finally hits him. Ooh. Tough one. I don't even know what Steve Aoki looks like. I, I no, like I've heard the green. name. It's a big. <laughs> is he a big guy or is he no. a, a skinny man? Yeah, long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he wouldn't be much of a fighter, but neither would Koshi. So yeah, it's not going to be a high standard. To be fair, so we're, we're talking Coast about Carlton. the we're talking about the unexpected handicaps. Carl Stefanovi got fired. <laughs> Koshi's still employed. That would be pretty devastating to realise that he's. I'm going the other way. I'm reckoning he's just full on arrogance going through it. That no, I got it. No, but it has board. finally hit. Like it actually has. So it, it, it has goes, to be that yeah, he's realised. He believes it. Yeah. Okay. Well then, yeah. So he'd be super him, flattening. Uh, I also don't. What songs does Steve Aoki have again? I, who is he? <laughs> Pursuit of happiness or something. Oh What's that yeah, movie? I like is that, that him? Uh, yeah, I think that was actually. Yeah, it was in what uh, was that Project movie? X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got such a dumb movie. We've it. got a skinny party boy who realizes he's bad at his job versus a probably a fat nerd who also realizes he's bad at his job. It, look, it, I, I don't really know. It's just going to be a really low stand fight, is all I can say. Probably yeah, we're a draw. saying no weapons, obviously. So it's all it's straight up hand hand combat. I believe so. Yes. No, I'll give it to Koshi just because he has a bit more weight. Yeah, I'll give it to the sumo wrestler. Just go for that style. When yeah. it all comes down to it, just hit on him. Yeah. Uh, he probably, he's a bit of a dick, so he probably would go for it. Yeah, and also we don't know what Koshi did in his youth. He could have got up to some shit. He could have hung around with Tony Abbott boxing. I'd be surprised. Yeah, but, so you know, no, I'm giving it to Koshi. Giving it to Koshi. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. We'll come out on the same page for one. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Plebs on Footy podcast. Give us a like on our Facebook page or a review on iTunes. Either would be acceptable. Thank you.